Hello, friends. I'm Pastor Pitts Evans. Welcome to the Whole Word Podcast. Let's get right to the Word of God. Job chapter 24. This is continuing, by the way, with the remarks of Job. Why does the Almighty not set times for judgment? Why must those who know Him look in vain for such days? There are those who move boundary stones. They pasture flocks they have stolen. They drive away the orphan's donkey and take the widow's ox in pledge. They thrust the needy from the path and force all of the poor of the land into hiding. Like wild donkeys in the desert, the poor go about their labor of foraging food. The wasteland provides food for their children. They gather fodder in the fields and glean in the vineyards of the wicked. Lacking clothes, they spend the night naked. They have nothing to cover themselves in the coal. They're drenched by mountain rains and hug the rocks for lack of shelter. The fatherless child is snatched from the breast. The infant of the poor is seized for a debt. Lacking clothes, they go about naked. They carry the sheaves, but still go hungry. They crush olives among the terraces. They tread the winepresses, yet suffer thirst. The groanings of the dying rise from the city, and the souls of the wounded cry out for help. But God charges no one with wrongdoing. There are those who rebel against the light, who do not know its ways or stay in its paths. When daylight is gone, the murderer rises up, kills the poor and needy, and in the night steals forth like a thief. The eye of the adulterer watches for dark. He thinks, No eye will see me, and he keeps his face concealed. In the dark, thieves break into houses, but by day they shut themselves in. They want nothing to do with the light. For all of them, midnight is their morning. They make friends with the terrors of darkness. Yet they are foam on the surface of the water. Their portion of the land is cursed, so that no one goes to the vineyards. As heat and drought snatch away the melted snow, so the grave snatches away those who have sinned. The womb forgets them, the worm feasts on them, the wicked are no longer remembered, but are broken like a tree. They prey on the barren and childless woman, and to the widow they show no kindness. But God drags away the mighty by his power. Though they become established, they have no assurance of life. He may let them rest in a feeling of security, but his eyes are on their ways. For a little while they are exalted, and then they're gone. They are brought low and gathered up like all others. They are cut off like heads of grain. If this is not so, who can prove me false and reduce my words to nothing? And so Job begins by first saying, of course, that the Lord, um, as the righteous judge, should set a time to hear his case. But then he goes on and asks the question and makes the statement 
Lord, haven't you seen people behaving more wickedly than me, essentially? And then he gives a list or a kind of an explanation of what the wicked do and what they seem to get away with. The fact that they do all these horrible things and the fact that they love the darkness and operate at night, etc. He's really contrasting them with himself. And then um, ultimately he, he wraps up by saying that the, you know, the grave um, will catch them eventually and then all of their wickedness will be used against them, in essence, for their final end. But look at verse 1. Why does the Almighty not set times for judgment, Job asked. In other words, why can't I get him to hear my case? Why do I keep waiting for him to respond to me? Why do I, I keep hoping to be able to explain my situation and ask the Lord for deliverance? And so this um, delayed response by heaven is causing Job a lot of insecurity and doubt and anxiety and uh, perhaps even additional suffering. But then he goes on to talk about the wicked. He says, there are those who move boundary stones. They pasture flocks they've stolen. They drive away the orphan's donkey and take the widow's ox and pledge. They thrust the needy from the path and force all of the poor of the land into hiding. In essence, Job is saying there's all these wicked people doing things, horrible things, and um, I'm trying to do my best, and the Lord won't talk to me. He goes on talking about the wicked and those who withhold uh, the needs of the poor and who take advantage of the orphans and widows and so forth. He says, like wild donkeys in the desert, the poor go about their labor of foraging food. The wasteland provides food for their children. The fatherless child is snatched from the breast. The infant of the poor is seized for a debt. Lacking clothes, they go about naked. They carry the sheaves but still go hungry. They crush olives among the terraces. They tread the winepress, yet suffer thirst. In other words, they're working, these um, these defenseless poor people and so forth, but through the, the actions of the wickedness, being seized for a debt and so forth, they're suffering. The souls of the wounded cry out for help, but God charges no one with wrongdoing. In other words, in Job's estimation, the wicked seem to be getting away with um, their evil deeds in this life. But then he makes this revelatory um, series of statements, really about um, what occurs after death. First, he talks about the wicked. He says, there are those who rebel against the light. They do not know its ways or stay in its path. And so the wicked rebel against the light. Um, Just a quick story. There's a place I go to in Africa called I Don't Care. And um, when when the government of that nation wanted to bring electricity to I Don't Care, the town of I Don't Care, they said, no, we don't want the light. Because in their understanding, their demons and the gods that they worshipped were more, more at home in the darkness. They actually equated physical light to spiritual light and the uh, physical darkness as a good backdrop for spiritual darkness. And so, hence the name of the town, I don't care. It's a terrible name for a town, but um, uh, the Lord is working there now, and they do have light, and the light of the gospel has come to them. Thank God. Continuing with Job, though, he's speaking about the wicked now. He says, the grave snatches away those who have sinned. Is that true, friends? Do they all die? We all die. 
the the righteous and the the wicked. The grave snatches away those who've sinned. Absolutely. And then about the wicked, he says this, the womb forgets them. In other words, in the afterlife, even the mothers who bore the sinners won't remember them. The wicked will no longer be remembered, even by their own mothers. What a terrible fate to be aware in all of eternity of what you did and how you lived and aware that even your own mother has forgotten you. He says they prey on the barren and childless women and to the widow they show no kindness. And then Job asks, in essence, when will the Lord deal with this? When will the Lord deal with this? And he he answers his own question. He says, but the Lord drags away the mighty by his power, though they have become established They have no assurance of life. He may let them rest in a feeling of security, but his eyes are on their ways. In other words, he's watching all of us. For a little while, they are exalted, and then they're gone. They're brought low and gathered up like all others. They're cut off like the heads of grain. And so Job is making a a statement of the universal condition of man. We will all see the grave. We will all stand before the Lord. We will all give an accounting for our deeds. In his estimation, Job has beheld um, wicked people getting away with things in this life. But he knows that, in essence, the, the grave will be the dividing line between the righteous and the unrighteous. The unrighteous will be aware on the other side of the grave, but their fate is to be estranged from a holy God forever. The righteous will come out like pure gold. And be with Jesus forever and with those who love them and those who love him. And so, Lord, we pray that you would help us to repent of our wickedness in the days of our flesh, to be found righteous in Christ, and to come to you, Lord, in the fullness of time, victorious over everything this life and everything the devil has thrown at us. Lord, we pray for our friends and family who are still lost and behaving in need of a Savior, Lord, we ask that there would become um, an urgent need in their hearts and their spirits to repent and cry out to Jesus for forgiveness and salvation. Use us, Lord, to speak to our friends and family. Send others. We pray now, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Whole Word. It was brought to you by Whole Word Fellowship and the Northern Virginia House of Prayer. If you were encouraged, please share our podcast with your friends. We'd also appreciate it if you'd hit subscribe in your favorite podcast app and take a few moments to write a review. If you'd like more information on our church and our ministry, you can go to wholeword.net or wholewordpodcast.com for more information. Thank you again, and may the Lord Jesus bless you today and always.